Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. podcast that was the great ringworm from cleveland ohio the song thought crimes the album seeing through fire uh 
It's coming soon. It's due out August 18th through Nuclear Blast Records. It's the ninth album from the Metallic Hardcore Legends. Metallic Legends. Uh, sometimes we call them hardcore where there's barely any hardcore in it, but they rip so hard. And I'm so glad that the hardcore scene has gotten to claim this metal band as their own, similarly to All Out War. I say stuff like that all the time, but it's true. And Ringworm just fucking rips forever forever ever since the promise or you can say the demos before but the promise on i remember when i bought the promise the first time there is no god you know that whole thing oh that's my favorite part numb blind to faith and they just killed it ever since and i'm excited for this new record seeing through fire again august 18th on nuclear blast records i hope you're as excited as i am I'm sure you are. I don't see any reason you wouldn't be. But anyway, that again was a song, Thought Crimes. There's a couple singles out from this record already, so be sure to check them out. No Solace, No Quarter, No Mercy, I believe, is the other one. And maybe there's a third. I don't know. You'll have to do the work on that side. But anyway, that was Ringworm. If you weren't familiar, please, please, please get familiar and dive into any point of their back catalog. But I would really just suggest starting with The Promise and listening right up through seeing through fire it might take you a month all right or three weeks in which is going to be until this new record is released to fully digest the records even though they're pretty straightforward so just start your work now anyway this episode of the podcast is with christian larson from the black metal band necrofire they just had a record drop earlier this year through season of mist underground activities and we're going to talk about that black metal and so much more but first we're all going to listen to hot zone You know what I just heard for the first time this morning, and I only heard it because uh, I only listened to it because so many people have been talking about it. I never would have heard this song and never would have been on my radar. It's Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town, which I got to say uh, is not a good song. All right. I would recognize if, if it was a good song. This is not a good song. Um, the lyrics suck and the song sucks as well. So why are we talking about it so much? I mean, I get it. I read the lyrics. I, I I understand there's some things in there that are like, all right, what do you mean by that, huh, Jason? But for the most part, it just sounds like uh, some braggadocious redneck. And I figured that's what we all think Jason Aldean is anyway. That's what we think people who listen to Jason Aldean are anyway. So, like, what is the shock? What is the surprise? Why is it a thing? You're just making it more famous. You're just putting it in more people's faces. It's, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just doing the contrarian thing. That I tend to do. I don't like it. I don't think it's good. I don't think you should have put it out there. But why don't you guys all shut the fuck up about it? <laughs> like, like, let's just go back to ignoring the redneck country music. All right. We can appreciate country music that we like, but this is like the stereotypical stuff that we go. I bet a bunch of uh, Confederate flag waving dildos listen to it. And um, yeah, it sounds like it. So um, move on. I don't get why people have to uh, have to embed themselves against shit that they don't need to be. 
It doesn't like it's not good. This isn't going to inspire anybody to rise up. Nobody knew was here in this. And it's like, yeah, now now I'm convinced. Let's uh, let's be vaguely racist. They're already vaguely racist. Like what? And just yelling at them about this, listening to the song is not going to help. Okay, move on. Should I have brought that song here to this episode of getting into podcast? Maybe not. But hey, man. I got a substandard microphone. Um, I'm talking slow for some reason this morning, tripping over my words. And uh, I haven't had my magic mind yet. That's what the problem is. I got to go get that. Take a take a shot of magic mind with this morning coffee. That'll set me straight. Because Try That in a Small Town by Jason Aldean just didn't do it. Uh, speaking of Southern people. <laughs> so sorry, that's a, that's a rough segue into the guy I want to tell you about that I'm talking to on this episode of the podcast. I'm speaking with Christian Larson from the band Necrofire. They put out a new record earlier this year on Season of Mist, Underground Activities. We talked quite a bit about that, but we also talked about the genre of black metal in general. The record, I should mention... It's called Burning Shadows in the Southern Night. Has nothing to do with Jason Aldean or his buddies. It's just ripping American black metal. It's their sophomore record, and it's uh, it's excellent. I really enjoy it. So rather than me blather on for uh, an extended period of time, let's just get to the part that's the best. Let's play a song from Necrofire. Let's go with To the Wolves, the third track from Burning Shadows in the Southern Night. Here it is.
first got into metal when my dad had some friends visit from Norway because uh, one of his best friends lives there, mm-hmm. and they all came over. And I think I was, I, don't, I was, I think I might have been twelve or thirteen or something like that. And the son that came over was about sixteen at the time, and this is like nineteen ninety two, ninety three, and he bought. I don't know, like 20 CDs or something like that. Cause everything back then, especially like Norway is expensive. So any, like yeah. there's certain things, music, jeans, all this other, they bought like tons of stuff to save some money over here, but he bought everything that was out in that time for a period that had just like all the good covers, like anything from like Megadeth to Slayer to Sepultura and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being like, I don't, I don't even remember even listening to any of it, but I just remember seeing all the art and being, I really like this, like, what is all this? I need this in my life. Like, I don't know, like, you know, it just really intrigued me and it kind of just went from there. Nice. Nice. So that's, that's a, that sounds like similar to the same time period for me where I really became, uh, engulfed in it all. I don't know. I don't know what the right word is, but yeah. I, so I, I understand what you're talking about. It wasn't by a Norwegian though. It was probably just by some older kids at school. <laughs> it's really uh, hilarious now that it's like, uh, like my family's Norwegian or like is immigrated from Norway, like generations ago. Yeah. There's like a, a tie in there. So it always makes it sound more interesting or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know what? For a guy who's in a black metal band, an American black, metal, it almost starts out sounding like a lie. Like, yeah. I mean, back in the early nineties, this Norwegian guy came over and I suddenly yeah, was right? into all this church burning black metal. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it it is kind of fun. Again, it's interesting in that aspect. Well, people like I, I like in some of the stuff. Like usually when I write music, like black metal stuff, black, writing black metal comes easier than other things to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's, I mean, whatever. My family is Scandinavian, so I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's this, maybe it's not. But you know, either way, it's there. It's in the blood. So yeah. That's what it is. Uh, so tell, tell me then about writing black metal, because you eventually start a band called Necrofire. And uh, that's what we're talking about here. So when does Necrofire come alive? I started working on these songs somewhere, I think, in 2017. I didn't really know where it was going to go. I, I knew I wanted to do a black metal project, but I really assumed it would probably be me, me writing some songs and then someone would drum on it and I would just release it. But uh, I connected with Dauber because he was looking to do something like a new death metal or black metal band and sent him what I've been working on. He was like, this is cool. This is the same kind of stuff I'm into. And then it kind of went from there. Nice, nice. So you you previously released a an EP and, uh, and another full length, but Burning Shadows and the Southern Night is the latest release. Uh, came out June 2nd on Season of Mist Underground. Act- is, uh, is the Underground Activities part important? Is that an, a, no, I don't really the same label. I don't know why they have a thing <laughs> like the um, everybody. Everything is the same except for they use they use this on some bands for different things. I don't know. Like there's not really a difference, so I'm just kind of confused. Okay, good. I'm I've been that way. I mean, I've been getting their press releases for years, and I see some of them have the header of underground activities, and some of them don't, and I don't know what the difference is. So I'm glad uh, someone who's on it doesn't either. I think they did that <laughs> to start doing some projects that are just probably some people's side projects and stuff like that, or super underground things. But I don't really gotcha. know where it goes after that. Other than that, it's for all intents and purposes, it's the same thing. Right, right, right. Well, how how did you get uh, hooked up with Season of Mist to begin with? Because they're actually they they're. Uh, some of that one of their offices is located like really close to here in Phoenix, yeah. Pennsylvania, for some reason. The uh, season of miss has always been, I think, out of, like the U.S. office has been out of Philly. 
or and then it moved outside recently. Yeah. But they uh I met Gordon a long time ago, my old band. And uh Dabra has known Michael, uh the owner in Europe for quite some time. So when we finished we did the full length the EP ourselves and released it ourselves. Like I I feel like in a lot of things it's the right way to do it. Like anytime I usually start a project or with uh I'll release the EP on Bandcamp, like on tape, and then just see where everything goes. Mm-hmm. But so we did that. And then when we re- recorded the full length, like right when like uh, COVID stuff started. So we recorded and then we just start shopping, like just, you know, email it to like the usual suspects. But Season of Mist was like the first, at least on my list, I think, and also everybody else's, where we wanted to go. And we sent it and they're like, we're into this, let's do it. So that's kind of how it went. <laughs> Why was Season of Mist uh, preferred? I just, uh, I like the artists they have. Uh, they they treat, like, it looks like they treat their bands well, which they, like, being right. on there, I think they do. And it looks like they generally care, and they don't, I mean, it's not like a, they don't have a bunch of bands that sign just because it's, like, trendy or whatever and things like that. They, I feel like they just put out what they want to put out. Yeah, I think there's a there's a couple labels of of that like that same level kind of doing something similar. I also always credit prosthetic with something similar where they just it doesn't seem like there's a there's a kind of band they put out. They just put out whatever the fuck they want to put out. And I, I think that's a great approach as somebody who does something similar with with the thing I do. It's just whatever I like, whatever I want to listen to is what I promote through this so i yeah. see that with certain labels and i think it's a the best approach i do that same thing i do a festival called hell's heroes and mm-hmm. it's i mean it's mostly a traditional metal based fest but i put in stuff i like i mean there's a there's like a little bit of black metal that sneaks into it and some old thrash and stuff like that but it's all things that i i'm just like this i love this this is happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can i can i can totally get that and uh i mean even with uh even with the, i'd say the music on burning shadows in the southern night like i hear that it's black metal but it sounds to me like you're incorporating a lot of uh just straight up heavy metal stuff in this too because when i listen to a lot of black metal, not all black. There's like the classic stuff. I'm like, I, I really enjoy. And there's certainly some newer stuff that I'm, that I'm into. There's stuff all over the place. I'm going to contradict myself yeah. if I try to dwindle, dwindle down. But what I really like is that you incorporate like this, this classic metal sound in a lot of your tracks, especially on this new record. Is that something that's different than the previous releases you've done with Necrofire? Yeah, there was a little bit of that on the previous ones, but I, I feel there's a lot more of it on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I mean, it's a lot of that, like Hellenic black metal, like all the, you know, like Rotting Christ, Marathon, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of like in the two heavy metal and black metal, are the most listened to genres in metal for me, period. Like the other ones aren't even close. So uh, I figured naturally we end up doing a record to combine this a little bit more. And it definitely happened on this one, I would say. When you you just dropped it, like I said, a couple times now, a little over a month ago, um, I know uh, for a lot of people, and I, I typically ask this question when something's coming up, but for a lot of different people, the release of a record is uh, exciting or most exciting for different reasons. What were you most looking forward to with the release of this full length? Uh, with this one, this I feel real strong about these songs, and definitely it's, uh, especially with other 
you know, like trends are going on in black metal or whatever you want to call that kind of stuff. I feel it's a little different. So I was just excited to see how it was received or, you know, or also with me, I'm usually curious to see what other people think it sounds like. Because, you know, as a band, I feel like you're like, this record's so much different than this, you know, whatever everybody says. But at the end of the day, it still sounds like your band (laughs) most of the time, at least. But it's, 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 I, I like hearing feedback from like friends and, other people like in that kind of range, just like hear what they say is going on. I necessarily don't really, like. there's on reviews and things like that. Not as much. Mm-hmm. I try to check out of watching stuff like that or reading into too much of that. Cause it'll make you crazy. To, Cause I feel like a lot of stuff you read, they're like, this is the best thing ever. Or this is the worst thing ever. So I try to <laughs> not let that cloud my brain of delusion not like oh yeah you just put out the best record of all time or like you're just total you're you're a terrible artist and you should stop doing this you know like that's where the internet tells you to go yeah i i've mentioned a couple times in the past that i used to do i did record reviews for a long time for a website and uh and i never understood or thought much that the people that i was writing <laughs> that the bands i was writing the reviews for were actually reading the fucking thing because i was a dick like i just yeah. I, I just tore them up and uh that was what most of them were it was like oh what can i make fun of on this one and like now i operate a website that goes along with this and i like won't do if it's negative it's not happening like if i don't like something i'm not writing a review for it because there's no there's no point to like just I don't know, just for my own enjoyment, shit on somebody that works so hard on something like this. You know, it's one thing to say, like, I don't like it, but another to totally tear it apart. Well, I feel there was also different, like, say, in the late 90s and other things like that, early 2000s. Like, people couldn't, like, everyone's opinion wasn't voiced. So if someplace wrote something and just tore you up, I feel like it was more entertaining-ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not, like, I, I can't recall anything I put out in that time period just getting destroyed by somebody. But, you know, it's like, you know, there was a couple, of, like, review sites that their whole thing was just, just ripping every single release that comes out, you know? But, uh I don't know. And I feel like it's a little different now since unfortunately everybody's opinion can be heard on the internet. So then it's just like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I, that makes sense. Then. There, was like, there was some sites. I'm like, did this guy tell me this record sucked? Okay. I'm immediately going to listen to it. Cause I'll probably like it. <laughs> yeah. It kind of works in the, the reverse psychology method there. The, uh, the, you mentioned like it means more to you that what your, what your friends or what people that are your peers say about, uh, the records that you release, the music that you put out. Is there any um, uh, apprehension, concern on somebody uh, on your part, maybe being that, I don't want to say concern, that's probably too big of a word, but being that you're in somewhat of a, I don't using these phrases lightly, but like a position of power being a pretty large promoter in an area that people that you might think people want to, I don't know, tell you what you want to hear. Um. I know who tells me what I want to hear and who I can actually get a real opinion from. I mean, there's certain people like I know, like their taste in music and like we talk about a bunch of things and stuff like that. And uh, like, yeah, there's certain people I'll just straight up, they either give me their opinion or I ask certain, like, you know, be like, hey, let me know what you think of it. And then there's other people that like, I just, I know kind of, yeah, there, I mean, because of other things I do, or even just the band, there's certain people who just write me like, oh yeah, this is the best thing I ever heard. And also I can usually tell by what they say, if they're actually, if it's genuine or not. Right. Right. Yeah. I'd imagine, I'd imagine you've, you've become a, 
adept at weeding that stuff out by now. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll take it uh, all day yeah. long. Like, Best record you've ever done. I'm like, yeah, thanks. But, you know, uh, it's usually like the little side comments that come along with it, you know, just uh, or, you know, I can also tell like people that review things that they actually listen to it or not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, OK, cool. Yeah. Like this is whatever you just said it was. You didn't listen to it. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I don't I was- usually it usually isn't that too often on that from review sites because I feel like the people like well, you know whatever someone's listened to it and kind of puts into it, but um, there's you know like certain like uh, it almost sounds like a romantic novel cur- like version of a review and I'm like oh you're just making up words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm making, you're just making stuff up. Like, I mean, cool. You made it sound really rad and I'm for saying like, you know, nice things, but at the same time, like you didn't really review the records. Yeah. I, I, I rarely do reviews anymore, but I do like to do them. Well, I shouldn't say I like to do them. I, I think they're necessary to do for the website that I operate. So I do them when needed. And, uh, I've always had a hard time fluffing shit up. Like I can't like, like, I, I don't know. Like, if something's good, I just kind of want to say it's good. I, you, but obviously, you got to put more into it. Um, it's hard to, but but when I read a lot of people's reviews of records, it's like you said. Sometimes I read it and I go, "Well, I don't even know if that was good or bad." It just it was a lot of words <laughs> I had to I had to look up. Yeah, I mean, on a lot of things, really. I mean, we were talking about like I don't publicly talk about anything on the internet. Usually, if it's I don't like it, I just feel putting right. that out there is not my time. Uh, you know, if somebody asks me and we're just having a conversation, yeah, I'll be like, and usually I don't trash stuff unless it's just like something, whatever. I'll just be like, you know, I just don't, I'm not into it and just leave it mm-hmm. at that. Otherwise, I'm just dispel, expelling a bunch of energy towards something that I don't like. Yeah. And there's, and there's no, no sense of that. Any good, myself, them, whoever, you know. And also, like, you know, my opinion on Blaw's record doesn't really matter that much for me to go on the internet and start trashing them. Yeah, that's yeah, I, I don't that. go on there and say I love it either. So it's easier to say nothing at all. That's what that's yeah. what I go with. I mean, it's like whatever. It's like the old saying. It's like you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I kind of I stick to that at least on people's records. Like the, the internet's full of enough negative nonsense. I don't need to add it in there for something that is probably you know like somebody that's my peer or you know at least if I, either I know them, somebody else I know knows them. There's no point in doing any of that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Well, tell me more about your record, Burning Shadows and the Southern Night. I feel like I got to say that slower. I feel like I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> it's a um, you uh, you recorded this one with uh, with Joel Hamilton at uh, I forget what the I forget the name of the studio, but I know it's in Brooklyn. Has the word Brooklyn oh, yeah, in studio it. Studio G. Studio G in Brooklyn. Um, so, but you're in Texas. How did you make the decision? Why did you make the decision to go all the way up to New York City to record? the record Joel uh Joel's done a big a bunch of records like nominated for some Grammys and th- things like that and him and mm-hmm. Dauber uh they did the last Oceans record together and uh or Oceans of Slumber and they uh they got along real well I went up for the end of it just to kind of see how it was going and uh just got a general good vibe from Joel and when we started Joel's talking about like this is like about a couple months before he went in, he was like, Hey, I want to record something heavy. And Dauber's like, do you want to go do this record with him? I was like, yeah, let's go. I was like, I was like, don't, I'm not scared to go into some like a crazy fancy studio in New York for, you know, two weeks. Like, please let's go. I'm also a big fan. Like, uh, 
you know, like recording at home is great because it has, you know, your own, uh, you know, you don't have time limits. You can mess with things and you really kind of feel it out, like almost like the way probably you could go into the studio back in the day where you just mm-hmm. work on something for a while. But I really do love if you rehearse something enough and going and you just go in and the record lives in a certain span of like, you know, like say two weeks of us just working on the record. So there was like feelings or like, you know, just energy created around all that happening at once. And it's kind of, it's more, uh, I feel like a lot of times you can feel it more in the record or definitely like, at least in my thoughts, like it's like a, Oh yeah, that record. And it's associated with all these, like a whole group of, uh, experiences and other things rather than just kind of, uh, Oh yeah, cool. We recorded here, recorded here, you know, came over and did this, this one weekend, just a little difference. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Well, you, I, I read that you did this in a 10 day period, like a, like almost yeah. a marathon. How, how does that benefit the record? Uh, it helps with, uh, overthinking doesn't get input into the range. It's basically mm-hmm. like, you know, like when you're doing it like that, yeah, you have to like we rehearsed every day for a month. And that was like right after we got done with uh, that Danzig tour. So, we were like everything was all ready to go like uh when you're i feel like when you rehearse that much or play that much it's really you know you're just going in and just kind of executing at that point yeah everybody was on fire so it was like okay here we go but i mean we were in the studio like eight to ten hours a day wake up get some coffee a little bit of breakfast do that record lunch then keep recording if we got stuck on something at the end of the day that was we needed to finish we'd finish it or we'd cut out you know somewhere around like six or seven but I mean, it's a lot of work and like, especially in studios, like, uh, at least for, like, it's, I feel like after listening to stuff that much and working on stuff, it's like at the end of the day, I'm mentally exhausted, but it's, uh, it's a, it's a refreshing thing just to kind of just, yeah. And then it's like, cool, go dinner, relax. Okay. Wake up, repeat. But I mean, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's <laughs> like focus, come up with a plan, you know, hopefully everything goes the way you want it to go. Mm-hmm. Does does this type of stuff feel like work to you? Because like I know when I'm working on everything that I want to do with with whatever music, I I'm I'm cool. I could do it for days and nights. Yeah. And but it when is, I have to yeah, go sit in my cubicle, I hate it. <laughs> oh yeah, there's certain things I don't like to do at all. And then uh, like yes, sitting around doing like what there's certain work that whatever a lot. I mean everything I do has to do with music, so it's not really that bad. The certain side of yeah. me, like say promoting, doesn't so like it doesn't is a little tedious but going into studio i mean like i feel like those days just flew by it'd be like okay we're in here we're doing this okay all of a sudden it's lunch and they'd be like okay we're back and like all of a sudden we're done i'm like okay but yeah, a lot of that stuff i could you know i could do that all day it just uh it goes by fast i enjoy it you know it's something it's special and like you know it just uh yeah it doesn't ever i'm not like okay we still here when are we leaving <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, I totally understand. Um, the coming from Texas. Oh, and I, I should mention this. You were in Venomous Maximus, weren't you? Yeah. I, uh, I remember you guys were on tour with, I want to say high on fire. Maybe, maybe yeah, I don't know if you're in the band. Yeah, tour with high on fire. That was a good one. In Baltimore. And, uh, my friend, Houston native Luke Bennett told me to get in contact <laughs> with you guys. And, uh, I don't know. We hung out for a little bit. I just, I just, I just realized this, that you were in Venom's Max, Maximus, but that was uh, a lot of years ago. But uh, Luke Bennett yeah, was the, uh, was the connection. Luke is, Luke's a maniac. I love that dude. 
<laughs> that had to be, I mean, I don't know how many years ago that was. That was over 10, over 10 years ago for sure. Yeah, that'd be about 10 years ago. I think that tour was like 2015, maybe somewhere in that range. Oh, I was thinking earlier than that, but you're probably right. Um, the, anyway, so, but speaking of, of, of Texas, uh, well, I think of Texas, especially right now, like the Texas metal scene is like boiling over with bands, but it's primarily like, you know, uh, a lot of death metal. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oh, um, some classic stuff, uh, or classic sounding stuff. Not much black metal but maybe that's true about the united states though it does seem to be on the rise yeah, so tell me about tell me about being a black metal band in texas uh okay so there's not a ton of black metal in texas so anytime you know usually if we try to set something of our own there's you know like there's a, a smaller margin of bands to play with like right now i mean everybody like their death metal in texas is on fire well it's on fire everywhere mm-hmm. but there's so many death metal bands and there's like a handful of black metal bands it's yeah. I mean, I feel like that's also true about America. Yeah. In, in general, I mean, like there's like there's black metal bands, but like the there's not as many. Uh, you know, there's a couple ones like right now getting like uh, a bunch of press and things like that. But I don't feel like that really has anything to say with the genre as a whole. Uh, yeah, people are really up in arms, positively and negatively, specifically about Black Braid at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I love that. Like, uh, it's like yeah, it's all super positive or super negative <laughs> but it's you know but i feel like that's how this world is but also i mean i feel like black metal is one of the last genres that you can just talk shit about stuff and it's completely acceptable <laughs> that's pretty true why is that what why why is that allowed i don't know i feel like black metal is still like at least like on the in the metal sub genres and stuff uh black metal is still like the like i would say the one that's I don't want to use the word dangerous, but it can be and things like that, where it's like, it's there's still fringe and it's like, you know, like on certain parts of it where it's, uh, it's not exactly safe, like depend like, uh, or, you know, like kind of like the themes and the atmosphere it creates and stuff like that. Or, um, it's just a little different than say, I mean, like say the new rise of death metal is a lot of, uh, you know, it's kind of like the new party scene and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, it's like, I, I don't describe it like good times. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, black metal, I feel like is a lot like, a in most, in a lot of stuff, black metal is a little more serious and there is serious death metal out there. It's, uh, not to, uh, forget about that at all, but black metal, I feel like as a whole is more, uh, 
in that range. Like there's no, like, there's not uh like, you know, there's death metal and then there's death core and there's like all these things that have just gone off of that, but there's not that same thing in black metal. I feel like black metal won't stand for it. I don't really want to know what you want to say, call it, but it just doesn't, uh, I don't know. It doesn't, I feel like it affects people different. And it's like the vibe that like, it just has, it does. It doesn't resonate with other, like certain people that are like the same way it does. Like they say that heavy metal and death metal and that stuff range. So that could be part of it. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I, I, I can, I can back that. I think uh, the uh, it's not a it's not an easy genre to get into. Like I, I say this about a couple couple um, you know subgenres and whatever extreme music, but like you got to go a couple steps before you get to black metal. It's not just uh, it's not just one that you could jump in from the outside. Typically, right? You know, you, yeah, usually. I mean, there's elements of like stuff that like, I feel like if you're really a black metal band that if you go up there and I don't like to use like a term that's used probably too much. It's not true. Like people yeah. see it and that could be with any kind of music, not just like anything black, like black metal is just, I feel like probably easier to spot, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, you come up there and you're just going through the motions and it's kind of fake. Like people see it like a lot faster than in um other scenes or it's like it needs to be that way in my opinion where like uh if it's not inspired or real or it's something's really happening with it everyone's just kind of like what okay whatever yeah i get that but at the same time speaking of um i don't know the uh showmanship of it you didn't mention that i just came up in my head but you guys don't do as far as i can see the corpse paint and i know not everybody in black metal of course yeah. does the corpse paint but is that like a discussion that was had when starting the band yeah, yeah that's we what were I, talking I about it and i it was you know i feel like corpse paint is it's not like say exclusively norwegian but i feel like it's uh it's like it's from it's i would say it's more like that's kind of where uh i feel like that associates more and us being from texas we kind of consciously decided something we didn't want to do that shit would just melt off. I think I really, I feel like I love that kind of stuff, except it's not, um, we kind of went for more of, uh, something along the lines of, you know, it'd be, this is, we're black metal, but also like, you know, we're American. So it's not, I'm not trying to push certain boundaries the way it shouldn't go. If that makes sense. Yeah. Where, uh, say we're, we're a black metal band, but it's like, we got like, there's a lot of like motorhead to us and things like that. That's kind of, it's, it works in that world and it, it's all part of the same thing except not uh i feel like we lean on that angle more for like who we are and like how we present ourselves rather than just going like straight corpse paint and things like that is that do you think that allows you to like uh kind of transcend some of the uh genre boundaries as far as playing shows and be able to jump on something that might be more uh straight up heavy metal I think so. Like, I mean, we just did a tour with Midnight and Early Moods, and I feel like if we were corpse paint, if we were a corpse paint, and we're like a little bit more in a different direction, that would have been something that we never would have even considered. Right. I mean, even with the way we sound, I feel like uh, it, it worked well, and the shows were like everything went really great for us. But you know, but we, it was still obvious that like at, um, that we were a black metal band, like uh, uh, compared to the other two. I mean, especially Early Moods, but even Midnight who's like in our same world exactly except you know it's different yeah 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 no no i think i think that's a that's a very cool uh thruple you got there early moods midnight and necrofire that's a, yeah, it was, that's a I mean, I, it, was, it was a real great tour i mean it really uh 
it worked really well. And then it, like the, like every night there was nothing, it was no musically stagnant, you know, just because everything was so dramatically different. Sure. So, but I mean, it, everyone on the tour was great. Shows were awesome. Like I, we had a great time. Well, speaking of uh, just, and I, I don't want to go long on this one at all. I just thought of it because you, you mentioned it. You had, you had done that tour with, this was last year though, with Danzig and Cradle of Filth and Crowbot, which is another kind of all over the place tour. Is that kind of how you'd prefer Necrofire tours to be? Um, it just depends. Like, honestly, on some of this, it's just what, you know, we get offered something that sounds right. You, you know, like Danzig asked us to go out. I didn't even know who else was on the tour. I was just yeah. like, oh, cool. Yeah, we're in. <laughs> you know, and then they're like, Cradle of Filth on the tour. I was like, well, that's rad. That actually helps us. Uh, and Crowbot were nice dudes. Like, uh, but it kind of like, yeah, I feel like the diverse lineup kind of makes it a little bit. Uh, it works out like just it makes the show a little bit. uh I mean, it just makes it diverse. I don't know what else to say, but, uh, you know, but at the same time, like if we got asked to go out with two black metal bands, I loved, I wouldn't care either. Sure. Sure. But it is, it it is like, uh, you know, doing some different things is, is always good. Well, uh, speaking of the, the record you put out burning shadows in the Southern night, um, so I wanted to just go back to that. So I don't, so I don't forget to, uh, forget to, uh, Talk about that more because I was about to take you in the Hell's Heroes direction, but no, we'll wait a second. Um, okay. The uh, Burning Shadows in the Southern Night is, and you mentioned like maybe themes or aesthetics or whatever. Is there a theme concept message to the songs on the record? Is there some overlying concept? They're kind of over, like it's an overlying concept, except it's not all in there. It's the record is kind of, uh, it's the uh, main theme that kind of goes out is selling your soul. It kind of started, I would. But the, I was trying to do something that was more Southern related. And so then like, you know, of course, like Robert Johnson, and the blues, uh, but it kind of, it, it goes into that a lot on a bunch of different songs, but it's kind of like that, or like it's, it goes with selling your soul or maybe like, it's like burning for whatever, you know, like the thing is inside of you that you want to do things like that, which is kind of the same thing as selling your soul, depending on what people really think about it. But uh, that's a lot of the songs on the record there's a song on it. There's like a destroying angels. There's a song inspired by Celine from the devil's blood. It's about like taking mushrooms and changing your perception on how you think and things like that. But a lot of it, I feel like goes back into like the, the earlier stuff. It's like selling your soul, um, burning for whatever you feel like you want to do things like that. Cause, uh, I don't know, like nothing's easy. Everybody wants something, but I don't feel like a lot of people really want to do what it takes to actually make it happen, especially with like the Internet and things like that. Nowadays, it's just like, oh, this is what I can do or check it out. I'm special, too. And I'm like, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you you are good at several things. You're, you're <laughs> well, special. I mean, well, thank you. But I mean, it's like it's but it's tough. I feel like um the internet like since everybody like like there's some kind of thing like that since everybody can post about things and do stuff you know it's like everyone thinks that like if they started a band and did one thing that like you know they post about it like you know like they're an iron maiden or something like that yeah yeah. and it's not everyone i'm just you know this is what i was talking about with people and their opinions on the internet and things like that (laughs) or you can just see a lot more of it than you could like before you would just be like you would have to work to a certain level for maybe 
that to happen, but now you can just be like, I don't know. It's that's yeah, no, no, sure, for sure. The, the degree of visibility but, yeah, but, wasn't it, where uh, it is now. But you know, like, but like uh, a lot of it's the records. Basically, that's what kind of like the main going theme out of it. Gotcha. It, it, yeah, it, it's it sways a little bit left and right, but like that's what I was trying to go through, like for like whenever. Uh, I started writing for the record, like lyrically, and then um, I always shoot for something, and then I always come up with something that's not the same, and it like ends up being on the record as well. But we'll see for the next one. Well, you can always tie it in somehow. The uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, it's usually I'm like this. Okay, well, it works if I sing about this topic through this, because then it works through that. Right. Because <laughs> I mean, right. like I, I, I really, like, I go kind of crazy, like whenever I'm writing. Just I want, you know, I, I wanted to. Like, the lyrics to fit what I'm talking about, but also somehow be associated something like I've experienced or gone, you know, or, uh, or something that's close to me. So there's a lot like, uh, and then at the same time of all of that, it either has to be created with the song, or I feel like when I'm got the lyrics together and like the, the topic has to make the music has to make me feel that way for it mm-hmm. to go with that song. Cause that's usually the two ways I do lyrics are either like I write some, like I write lyrics, and then I kind of listen to like the song, like the songs we have, like that are going and see which one actually feels like it should be mm-hmm. on that, on that bit of music. Or it starts from the beginning, like this song is going to be about this. And then I'll try to like uh, push into like how I'm feeling into the music and then write the lyrics to go with it. Or that kind of starts and goes together. Yeah. It's interesting how everybody seems to have a different process with that. I know when I was doing it for a band, it was always, I don't know. Sometimes I could write the lyrics beforehand, but usually I wanted to usually I wanted to hear almost the whole song and then maybe we can switch something around to make it fit. But yeah, that's but I but I know everybody has their own their own little process. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't really start phrasing anything out till the song's done mm-hmm. because it's just. Uh, I feel like if I put something kind of like, oh, this is what I have to do, then it'll just limit what the song goes somewhere else, like right. musically. Uh usually like the intent and the lyrics kind of go along with it, but it's never like a finished thing until the song's like actually structured out. And like, uh, even would you say how the, like the drumming goes will change, how affect how I sing on things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, tell me about the hell's heroes. Hell's heroes. What number are you on? Is it six? I don't know my number Roman numerals. Yeah. It's six, six. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I think do you have the full lineup out there now? Is it, is it all set? Yeah, I mean, there might be like one or two, like a band being announced later, but they, I mean, that's a lineup for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I think I, I'm going off the top of my head other than a couple of things here, but I think I believe you got Sodom and Queensryche doing a warning set as headliners, right? Yeah. EP and warning. I'm pretty stoked about that. <laughs> that's really cool. You know, just recently, pretty recently, in the last couple of years, I went to the library near here and uh, I found the whole. Uh, early Queensryche discography on CD for like $3. Like, like it's like everything. Yeah. And I was so excited to get it. And like, now I don't even have a fucking CD player. So it doesn't make sense. But, you know, just to have like all that stuff in hand was, is so cool. Specifically those early ones. Yeah. yeah those, yeah. uh, that, that stuff. Oh, yeah. Is, I mean, uh, I, there's other Queensryche songs. I mean, it's not like I only listen to the first, the EP and warning. But after that, there's, it's more like I feel like song based for me. We're like, I like that song. I like that song. It's funny because like I didn't really like this is just something I really wanted to do. And besides that, that it fits like my festival perfectly. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I like, you know, like a whole bunch of like, there's like a whole, I think crew of people that were like, yes, this is amazing. And then other people that just don't know. Yeah. And they're like, why is Queens rag on this? And I'm like, well, obviously you haven't listened to the first record. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I think a lot of people just, you know, they think, think of like silent city or yeah. whatever, you know, <laughs> it, just get, it gets different or, you know, they've been a band. They were, I mean, they, they've been a band forever. So of course they don't sound anything like they did on their first record. Right, right, but it's. I, I thought it was a super, super cool addition, and not one you Thanks. see very often, which made the makes the fest look uh, ex- especially enticing. But also on there, you got Candlemas, you got a Doro set, uh, Rotting Christ. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you have Necrofire on it. Yeah, Necrofire's on this year. Real excited about that Rotting Christ set. Like I've been talking to Sockets about that for like a while, and he's all, "We're going to do this, right?" And I'm like, "If you're into doing it, like let's do it." Well, I know you've been doing uh, doing you know, shows promoting for a long time. Is there a, uh, this thing just keeps seem to seeming to build. And, uh, last year's, I was just reading the recap in, in decibel in the last issue of decibel about it too. So it just seems like you're getting a lot of people on board. It's, uh, it seems like a, an underserved area of the country, as far as a big metal festival. Do you feel like this it, thing can go for, <laughs> I don't know, as long as you'd like. I mean, we'll see Like, I don't know what a long as I like would mean, but, uh, at least got a couple more years in it, I think. I mean, every time I like announce a lineup, I'm like just going, fuck. I don't know what I'm supposed to do next year. Mm, yeah. But then, it, you know, like that's why I said last year. And then this all came together. I was like, all right, cool. And then I got a couple ideas for 2025 already that I think will they make everything cool. But then, like, I'm like, I don't, I can't, I don't usually think that far ahead is like 2026. But, you know, <laughs> like, I feel, but have, being worried that I don't have anything to fill it is definitely something I worry about every year. Yeah, I think every fest kind of gets to that point where it's like, how do you how do you continue to top what you've already done? And then typically they'll scale it back a little bit, cut off a day, you know, and then and then it kind of regrows again. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like I, okay. So in that case, I could like so Health Heroes has grown, so like we're outside now, mm-hmm. and it's a lot much bigger. So I don't know how many years that continues to go at that rate. But I feel like worst case scenario, like if I wanted to keep it going, I could definitely scale it back to where we had it inside and do that for a very long time. Very cool. Well, it seems like you keep yourself pretty busy with this because you not only got this, you also have Night Cobra, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I stay pretty busy. Like, well, on some of this, it was uh, Necrofire was doing some stuff and I had Hell's Heroes and then just job and, and booking and things like that. And then Night Cobra started doing stuff well, it started like really kind of like more coming a band right before the pandemic. So then it was like, do all these things during nothing going on. And then all of a sudden the world came back and I was like, Oh, I'm really busy. I, I really came up with too many things to do. This was so much easier when I didn't have as many, like, you know, there wasn't any show, there wasn't that many shows or I didn't have to play or, you know, it's not like a problem. It's just, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, no, I don't think I've overcommitted, but definitely like, I don't have a ton of extra time to do things that, like if something comes up and I I'm all like I don't have time to do that like that's straight up the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what what is ahead for Necrofire in uh, 2023? 2023, uh, we should be uh, we're going to be doing like a Texas kind of regional run sometime in the next couple months that we're working on. Um, maybe it's something else. I think maybe towards later the end of the year. Hopefully, maybe on the East Coast or something like that. But a lot of it, I mean, like tour stuff books out so far, fat, like far in advance these days. Like, I mean, I, most of the stuff I feel like we're working on is like 2024 for bigger and longer things. 
Awesome. Well, I'm sure you're going to keep yourself busy with whatever the fuck else you can come up with. So, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, like, I'll find something else to work on. <laughs> yeah.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Christian Larson, Baca Larson of Necrofire. The song you just heard was Forbidden Light of the Black Moon. Of course, off of the new album, Burning Shadows in the Southern Night, available now on Season of Mist Underground Activities. Very important. Um, if you haven't checked out the full record yet, hopefully the interview and the songs you just heard would be enough to entice you to do so. Uh, I want to thank Christian for his time. Uh, talking to me, having a conversation, telling me about all the things that he's got going on. As you heard, he's a busy guy and he uh, puts out a lot of high quality products, whether that's Necrofire, whether that's Night Cobra, whether it's the Hell's Heroes Festival. The guy puts the work in and uh, has the um, has the, uh, the, 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 the 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 whatever the word I'm looking for to show for it. <laughs> You know, the quality products. I don't know why I keep going back to that. But uh, those are the words I'm trying to say that aren't working right. But that's okay. That's okay. Need more magic mind. I need more magic mind. I need you to go over to gettingitout.net. Check out what's going on there this week. Much more active now that I'm back in the saddle again, like your man, Steven Tyler. Hey, by the way, are you going to see Aerosmith on their farewell, farewell tour? Do you think they're really done? I don't think so. I think they'll play more. Uh, but hey, I think have they done a last show before? I'm sure they have. All the bands have. Anyway, go see them. They're playing with the Black Crows, which is I never got that. I never understood the Black Crows. I mean, I know their songs, some of them, but uh, they just whose favorite band is the Black Crows? That's a weird guy. That's a weird guy. Tucks in his polo shirts for sure. Um, anyway. I'm way off track and I apologize for that. So we should just end this thing. But first, I should remind you again, even though I just said it to go to getting it out.net, check out what's going on there. Click on some stuff, read some things. I'm just about to post a new video and album album announcement from Dying Wish. Uh, their new record drops November 3rd via Sharp Tone Records. They've got a new track called Watch My Promise Die. There's a music video for it. I haven't checked it out yet myself. I will be doing that momentarily. But first, I'm going to put a song on the end of this episode, one that I think you might like, especially if you like black metal. This one is from Nixle. It's off of their uh, upcoming record, and it's going to be out on Prosthetic. The song is called um, In Thrall, but the record will be called From the Wound Spilled Forth Fire. How about that? That's coming soon on Prosthetic Records. When exactly? Friday, August 25th. But here, check out this song, In Thrall by Nixle. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.